1: It's interview time again, as we're joined by investigative journalist, psychedelic researcher, and muckraker for the new millennium, Amber Lyons, as we learn about exposing censorship for cash at CNN, being the only person to do the right thing, standing up with protesters only to be fired upon by the police, how a closed mind can hide a beautiful world, fear is resistance to success, and learning to trust in the universe and follow your passion. all to spread the word that corporations are not people, I'm Rich And my partner in crime, Daniele Bellali, the savage philosopher, the middle finger of the gods. Bury your treasure, put your kids to bed, and most importantly, hide your women. The Drunken Taoist Podcast begins now.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Episode 47 of the Drunken Taoist podcast. This one's sort of a special one. It's a super secret interview with none other than our good friend Amber Lyons that Bellelli was able to sneak off and gather one afternoon, and she was, like, throwing ayahuasca at him and <laughs> telling him to eat mushrooms and it's vials exactly. full of acid. And he's like, nay,
0: I am here to learn. It's exactly what happened, word by word. There he is. No, actually, it was bizarre. Uh, we met, I met Amber and... Um, we both thought we were going to record for the other one's podcast. I thought we were doing Amber's podcast. You thought we were doing mine. So he was, uh, I'm I'm f- actually sitting in a corner feeling very guilty because d- we didn't have a reach for this one since we didn't know what the hell was going on. I don't know what any of those weird psychedelics are anyway. So I don't know what I could uh, have dealt with. No, in any case. So, yes, today, Miss Amber Lion. Man, I love Amber so damn much. She's just. awesome human being i really really like her she's um every time i meet her she puts me in a good mood it's amazing it's like she's uh it's it's funny because you know the the, what she says i like the content of what she says of course and i find it super fascinating and interesting but it's way more than that because i could have somebody else tell me the same things and i would be like yeah that's interesting but you know that's where it ends it's interesting
2: sounds like pheromones to me
0: she has whatever she has done clearly work for her because <laughs> she just has an energy that's pretty damn hard to match. It's hard to even to describe, that's why it's like, okay, I'll just stop my uh, random Amber lion adoration tangent because it's bizarre. She just, but yeah, she's an awesome human being. I hope you guys get to enjoy this chat that we had. Uh, I think it comes through just in her voice. Even she's, uh, she, okay. Enough compliments. Well, is for she that, talking
2: about her, um, crazy career shift?
0: Yeah, I, you know, to be honest, like most of this conversation, once they are done, I forget what they say until I listen to it again, so I don't even remember when, what part of it was recorded, which part we're just chatting off the mic. I recommend that to
2: everybody. After you hear it, just forget and come back and listen yeah, again. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's like the... And don't forget the
2: sheer design commercials.
0: Precisely. Oh, speaking of which, oh. we are brought to you by our Da-da-da. list of uh, lovely people who keep us on the air, uh, specifically Datsusara uh sponsor from day one with some of the best bags hemp gear on the planet bags computer bags uh, uh, ghee. um it's funny
2: my son had his uh brand new backpack
0: yeah
2: he was a bit worried that he looked a little too on patrol with this very cool datsu sarah backpack with all those little zippers and everything that had to be yeah. more of a bat back or maybe uh something that he had uh, trouble at the airport because he didn't pull out his laptop fast enough oh, and he was yeah. convinced That he was being profiled by the coolness and ninjiness
0: of the the Datsusara bag. How else could they be pulling him aside? no it's a it's a ninja thing so they won't notice you and actually puts a cloak in, of invisibility on you if you if you put it on right so it's he very just cool just how how to...
2: yeah he didn't know how to wield the power just yet yeah. he was a little nervous and leaving a laptop in the bag didn't help either i'm sure but uh hey more 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 world travel with awesome datsusara bags of every shape and size yeah
0: i mean i told to get you something like...
2: down the coast man I and mean, you were off in the middle of the world for you know, sure
0: my italian trip was all datsusara bags yeah. so yes we love this stuff for real uh on it. On it, on it, on it, on it. Good stuff. Good, good, good stuff. Check out onit.com. Again, on it is uh, harder to categorize as a one st- you know, it's not one thing like Datsusara is. You know exactly what you get with Datsusara. With Onit, you do know what you get, but is in many different fields. The philosophy behind it is the same, but you go from supplements to special type of food. These are one of my happiest. Uh, so one of my favorite categories in the Onnit department is the foods. I eat all their stuff religiously. Um, workout equipment, that's also great. Uh, again, nothing like the zombie kettlebells to light up your day. So there's so much great stuff at Onnit.com. Please check it out. And of course, last but most definitely not least, Sure Design t-shirts. Hola Bennett. Yeah. With the sweetest shirts you can ever wear. I'm like by now, 80% of my time is spent in a sure design t-shirt. So again, all of this stuff are things we actually use. It's not just stuff that we put out there because somebody cut us a check. Uh, it's companies we love, we love their stuff. So please check them out and support them. If you're interested, I gifted a white widow shirt that made somebody very happy. Of course,
2: cause they're cool. They sure are and i believe it's uh it's it's hoodies next but they're kind of this thinner material it's not like a big yep. thick hoodie you're thinking of this is just like a sort of single t-shirt plus layer yep but they're very cool as well and you know if you need to go incognito
0: and got to have that hood up you're Absolutely all set true. and speaking of which the if you guys want short well of course there are the short design material with all their designs and then of course there are our t-shirts that short design provide for us so if you guys want to check them out, there are the links in the episode notes. Oh, regarding T-shirts, I have a couple of people that order from Canada and uh, didn't get the amounts correct. I've tried to reach back at you by email, trying to see, hey, do you want a refund? Because you know, or you need to put more money for it. I haven't heard back. So, Mr. Adrian Joseph and Henry Allan Robertson, please reply. That would be. Very, There's very trouble sweet. with the post, eh? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, again, either way, just let me know either one would work yeah international shipping sucks Costs so much money it's freaky and you know you just one mile over the border and everything like that triples pretty much in any case enough with all of these now let's get ready to roll with our episode Here today, one of my favorite new human beings, uh, <laughs> Miss Amber Lyon. Welcome to the Drunken Taoist.
3: Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here on your show. I'm a fan of your work, your writing, you as a human being, and and it's great to be able to converse with you and and discuss our journeys together, and hopefully inspire some of these listeners.
0: This is actually to bring uh, listeners in our little joke here. We have um, I'm sitting actually in amber living room right now we're recording out of her house and um, I walk in thinking that we are gonna record for her podcast. She <laughs> thought we're we are recording for mine. We started looking like, what the hell are we, what, who, uh, well, let's just start recording and play. Let's see what happens. We
3: arm wrestled and Daniel Lee won. Yes. Yeah, so. so, uh. <laughs> but I cheated. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's my policy.
0: If, uh, you know, if you're not cheating, is because you're not trying hard enough. So. Yes. So let's play. Let's let's go with it. Now, for the, I would imagine that the majority of my listeners would have, uh, would be familiar with your work from you have been on Joe's podcast on Duncan's on Aubrey's, you know, a lot of the people who have been on mine or I've been on there, you know, there's kind of this podcast community where we just keep jumping from one to the next. And we're always sort of working with each other. So I would imagine most of you guys are familiar with Amber and their work, but for those of you who may not, just to bring you up to speed. Again, I, for those of you guys who are familiar, I don't want to kill you with too much repetition so that Amber has to do the same podcast she has to do every single time, <laughs> telling everybody the story from A to Z. We're going to do that part kind of quick to uh, sort of bring everybody up to date, and then we can go explore other topics. But Amber, so you were young, top-notch CNN journalist. What happened?
3: everything went to hell (laughs) (laughs) i was slapped in face in the face with reality you know i had grown up in middle america and i had bought most of the lies and genuinely thought that that cnn and a lot of these mainstream outlets were there to make a difference Mm -hmm. and expose corruption and do traditional muckraking journalism and i learned very harshly that that's that's not the case when it comes down to it. These media outlets are just corporations. They're right. just out there to make money and to promote the U.S. government's agenda. Mm-hmm. And and I uh, you know I had done a documentary on Bahrain, which is a U.S.-backed regime. So mm-hmm. the U.S. has been sending this regime billions of dollars to keep it in power, even though it's been torturing, and uh, oppressing, and murdering the majority of its people, including friends of mine and, and journalists and, and doctors. And people of high value to society. And uh, and so I produced a documentary on the Bahrain Revolution and really highlighting the plight of these people. And that documentary was censored on CNN International. Despite great efforts, my crew and I went to get that video out of the mm-hmm. country. We literally had to conceal discs on our bodies as machine guns were pointed at our heads. And we didn't know if we were going to survive. And then recode that video uh, to hide it on our, our hard drives, to get it out of the country and go to all of this effort. And and when we finally got it here, uh, CNN International didn't air the documentary. I later found out through a deep throat, Woodward and Bernstein style <laughs> discovery where people were like meeting me in parking garages, telling me what was going on, that that CNN was being paid by brutal regimes worldwide and had been for nearly a decade to produce positive content on these regimes to make them look positive because the U.S. was supporting them, Bahrain being one of them. So while at one end of the building, I was investigating this company, or this company, this country. Well, it might as well be a company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the
0: lapses, there's a reason for that.
3: I know, they're, they're but, all run like yeah, corporations exactly. these days, you know, uh, democracy is not present. And, um, and, and I really... Learn the hard way that that my dreams of producing quality journalism at these mainstream networks were false and that these mainstream networks have been promoting us into wars, um, mm-hmm. uh, confusing dictators with leaders who should be admired, and really just above all lying to the people right. And I felt like I felt so horrible for the people of Bahrain to not only be screwed over by their government, constantly impress oppress their entire lives, and now also screwed over by journalism in mm-hmm. the media of course so after not being able to sleep at night i decided i had this secret i had to expose just for my own integrity and sanity and and for the people of bahrain and i, I exposed that cnn had censored the documentary and was getting paid by these governments
0: Good career move, huh?
3: <laughs> yeah, a great career yeah. move. You know, six-figure salary out of the course. window. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm on the streets wondering what the hell I'm going to do next. So I, I bought a camera and decided to cover protest because the, I was angry. Right. And but, I, I felt I could identify with the protesters at this anger at the system that's failed the whole country.
0: Of course. No, and I mean, that's talk about a gutsy decision because, yeah, you could have just said, eh, you know, one can, I'm I'm sure I can do, you could have justified it to yourself in a lot of ways could have been like, well, yeah, CNN wouldn't let me do certain things, but I'm sure I can still do lots of good while I'm getting paid a lot of money and I'll focus on other issues that CNN is okay with. You know, you could have rationalized it in three million ways to justify to yourself still putting up with it and still being part of that machine in a way that wouldn't make you feel sleazy, that would still make you feel like, no, but I'm still doing good work, all of that. So deciding not to go that route that's pretty gutsy right there. That's how I would imagine that most people, including most good people, wouldn't quite go over that edge right there. That seems... Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you have built your whole career in that direction and now you're kissing it goodbye to do... What the hell am I going to do now? You know, there's that element of... Oh, okay, there, there's this one thing that just about every other journalist in America would, would give their right arm for to be at CNN, well-paid, doing cool stuff, and suddenly you just say, well, I'm out of here, you know, I, I don't want this anymore. Whew. Not... Yeah.
3: I mean, I think so many of us people probably listening now are in similar jobs. Right. Where they know their corporations are imposing mm-hmm. more harm on the people than good, and they know not only just secrets, but they just know they just it's, something just doesn't feel right. Right. And for me, I knew that I wouldn't be able to live with myself. I wouldn't be able to look at myself in the mirror knowing that I was holding this secret and and essentially lying to the public because when you know something like that and you don't reveal it to the people, it it's no greater than it's no worse than a lie. Right. And and so I knew personally I had to keep my integrity and that was priceless. Right. And so I I didn't care about their money, which I considered to be blood money at this point. And I got to a point where I just knew the right thing to do and that was to expose what was happening and it it was scary and many other journalists who were very bothered by what was going on including journalists co-workers of mine at cnn state of because of that that rationale they thought oh well i don't want to lose my platform yeah and I, I want to be able to expose this other story but to me that was just trading in evil for evil like right what what good could i do knowing that they were screwing over an entire nation of people right and uh and and so I, I stuck with my guns and, and what I knew was right or what I thought was right. And I, I think I was the only one out of dozens who were bothered by the behavior of CNN to come forward. Um, but to this day, I, I stick by that decision. And it's weird how when you're following the right path, the universe pays you back you know after i left cnn and i thought my my mu- financially i was ruined and oh my god what am i going to do i'm never going to get a job in the mainstream yeah cuz my- so
0: far in the story we have officially established that Miss Amber Lion is either the craziest human being out there <laughs> or the bravest or both, but...
3: I think a little bit of both. <laughs> that's Both
0: is good. Both is good.
3: But the amazing thing about the universe is I, I left and I didn't know what I was going to do. I shed mm-hmm. many tears. I felt abandoned. I had other colleagues refuse to talk to me at this point because I, I was like the... The
0: black sheep, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Yep.
3: You know, and they didn't want to be associated with me. They might lose their yep. job too. And, and I just felt alone and abandoned by the universe. And at that point my gut, you always have to listen to your intuition, told me to pick up a camera and start photographing protests mm-hmm. because I saw that journalists weren't accurately covering all the protests happening across the U.S. So I went, I never, I never did still photography. It was always video. So right. I just bought a camera and taught myself how to use it and just started traveling the mm-hmm. country ph- photographing these protests. Then I get a call from a book publisher, an amazing man who uh, not only, he buys the book for, Way too much money, (laughs) which has kept me comfortably living for the past couple years. Right, and and publishes it, and um, (laughs) and it was just the universe paying me back. It literally came out of nowhere. It was like this angel just came into my life. You're lucky bastard. (laughs) Yeah, but I think when you follow the right path, the universe does reward you. It may seem like it. It wasn't easy those first couple days. I'm sorry. That's that's my dog in the background my little angel um CNN but-
0: is bursting in they are sending people right now the dog is protecting <laughs> us Ah! quick stop them
3: don't let in the bad spirits yeah. but it, it's amazing like it was a lot of suffering but then at the end there was a light at the end of the tunnel and I was rewarded and um and I think many people out there when you do choose to finally follow the follow the correct path you'll find the same thing and the thing is
0: what you're saying is sort of the joseph campbell idea you know follow your bliss and uh, i forget if i'm actually quoting it exactly right but somewhere in the neighborhood is uh, follow your bliss and the doors will open even mm-hmm. where there were there seemed to be no doors before which is beautiful is amazing it's um definitely work for you which is great clearly i'm sure there are right now people going like god damn it i tried da, 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 and all <laughs> i got was kicked in the teeth and you know that's Yeah, of course, you know, it's not that there's a guarantee that, uh, sure, you take, uh, you just dive off the deep end, you try the gutsy right thing to do, the brave thing to do, and uh, you get um, things click perfectly. Sometimes it does, and it's amazing when it does, and in that case, we've seen, thank you, universe, there is a logic to it all, and sometimes you just dive deeper and deeper and deeper, and that's the thing, in my mind... Part of what makes somebody brave, much like your case, is not that you already know it ahead of time. It's not that you already know, well, the universe is good to us, and so we'll click and we'll respond. Maybe we'll, and maybe we won't. And yet you did it anyway. There was no guarantee that, you know, because you did, you would take the plunge. Everything would click, and yeah, the publisher come out of nowhere and help you out in a great way. You know, all of that was... A crazy gamble mm-hmm. and the thing that i dig in your story the thing that i dig about the people who do this kind of thing is that you are ready to do that whether an angel come from above and <laughs> make everything click or whether you don't because the cost of uh, leave the cost of not taking that plunge is more detrimental to your soul than it is to take it even if things don't work out amazingly, even if it is tough and nasty and all of that, you can live well with yourself. And that in itself is huge. You know, that in itself is, uh, I mean... What else are you doing otherwise? You know, collecting paycheck to paycheck for shit that you hate and you feel miserable and you really hate yourself inside. Yeah, that's supposed to be the healthy thing to do.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: It doesn't. And so I know
3: co- co-workers who I know are clearly suffering, who are mm-hmm. still back there because they know that they have sold out and yep. they've sold their integrity and their soul. And I'd rather be homeless, mm-hmm. <laughs> searching for my next meal out of a trash can, than know that I was complicit right. in harming an entire nation of amazing souls and complicit and oppressing because mm-hmm. that's what they're doing and when you're covering up these brutal governments you are complicit with them you of are course. helping them murder and torture these people so i would rather be eating old chicken bones out of trash cans out on venice beach than than working for these these people so for me there was no choice
0: you know if it ever comes down to that don't worry i'll give you fresh chicken bones anytime (laughs) you want okay thank you very much no problem yeah luckily
3: i think i've amassed enough friends now here in los angeles so hopefully that would never be the case you may even (laughs) afford
0: a whole chicken next right that would be great excellent
3: (laughs) But, but you know once you trust in the universe and because i've given my utmost trust Mm because I've taken many gambles like that I I had a job in Miami where I was hosting I was getting paid great money to host this morning show that was supposed to be about hardcore news it switched Mm -hmm. into a fashion show I couldn't even pronounce the name of sunglasses (laughs) that I was supposed to be showing and I got yelled at and kicked off the set all the time by the main producer because I wasn't into fashion enough and so I quit right and and I lived out of my car for a month I lived on my friend's couch and I I I didn't care because I knew something wasn't right and then CNN came calling right after that. So it worked out. So. <laughs> you have
0: a weird life. <laughs> Usually most people don't get one of on this. Show. You seem like, oh, this is really interesting. It's because I follow is- my yeah, gut. Right. And
3: and your gut is just your your spirit guides in the mm-hmm. universe. It's a way of them whispering to you, especially mm-hmm. during meditation. And so when you can sit back and you can listen to them, they're, they're guiding you. They're telling right. you your path. It's just a matter of whether you listen or not. And many people are sitting out there, maybe even right now, sitting in their cubicle and their gut has been telling them from day 1 that this job isn't for them this is a waste of their life right. look at it, they're it's so boring they're not following their passion but they just ignore it they of they tune they turn the channel and i've always just luckily had utmost faith in the universe and listened to that voice.
0: Beautiful. And just in case those of you guys right now are listening to voices that say, kill them all. That's not your <laughs> gut. It's not a good voice to listen to. So not that one, <laughs> the other one. Okay? Just just to clarify, not that voice, please.
3: <laughs> yes, so. please. And don't say you heard it from Amber. Yeah. You know, because
0: Amber told me to listen to my voice. And what I heard was,
3: kill, kill, kill.
0: So yeah, no, please, please. No, thank you. No, that's great. And that right there is a talent. I mean, we're kidding about it, but the reality is being able to separate the million voices that we're in our head all the time, as in, you know, other people's thoughts, expectations that other people have put on us, maybe dreams that we had, but no longer fit with who we are, maybe everybody's opinion on the matter. There are so many things that are crowd in our brain all day long with where we should go what's the the good idea about you know everything in life being able to separate what is crap from what is good what may sound good but is not really good for you that's an art that's the highest art because ultimately that's the difference between allowing you to make good choices with your life and do something amazing or really just go down some bad rabbit hole from which you'll never come out and is not a good idea So that itself is a skill. How would you say, for people who I guess don't have your sort of natural intuition for this, since it it seems to have worked out so damn well for you, how would you say, is there a way for anybody to practice it, so to speak? Is there a way... How do you separate the... um, How do you get in tune with that?
3: Meditation, for sure. Uh, Especially transcendental meditation. Mm -hmm. And so I try to... I try, like I said. I don't always do it every day, but I try the most, especially uh, because now I do know that's when I'm being communicated to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So many people aren't very spiritual, but uh, these plant medicines have taught me to be a very spiritual person, and I do believe that each and every one of us is surrounded by various spirits, call them guardian angels, call Mm -hmm. them what you will, who are constantly trying to talk to us Mm -hmm. and tell us and keep us on our correct path because we're all here. We all came down here. We reincarnated in these bodies for a reason and a specific path, whether that be being a musician or a journalist or um, a podcast host or or a writer or w- whatever your your passion is, and you're meant uh, you're here to fulfill. And so, what I do is I, I meditate, and then and then the insights start coming in. Hmm. Or you can float. Floatation is great sure. for insights. Um, the use of plant medicines is also great for insights because it turns off your mind and right. allows you to tune into the channel of, of these spirits who are trying to talk to you. And and so that's when I connect the most. Also sometimes just when I let my mind be still, like yesterday I was riding my bicycle on the way to yoga and I had this tremendous insight that just, it felt like a download. Right. Had just, I yep. just downloaded this file on my internal hard drive. And, and that just came while I was peacefully riding my bike along the beach. and And so there's various times when you kind of get these thoughts that seem to come out of nowhere. That's these spirit guides telling you what to do, helping guide you mm-hmm. so that you stay on the, the correct path. You just have to listen to them and not discount what they're saying. Because I, I'm sure many of us have had those times where we've had ideas or thoughts sure. that have just come to us. We're like, where did that come yep. from? That it, that's your, your spirit guides mm-hmm. trying to, to guide you. Right. You just have to listen. And when you do start listening, the insights become more profound. And then it becomes very clear what path you're supposed to be on. And there's no question, right? which hence, that's why things I feel like have worked out for me is because I've finally gotten in tune with that. And um, yeah, I mean, I've made some crazy decisions. (laughs) Like even right now, you're sitting in my kitchen and I'm telling you that I'm about to leave for a month and go around the world to write my book. And I don't know where I'm headed, but I'm just bringing a backpack. I've sold most of my physical belongings. And I know that sounds crazy to some people, but I was given that insight and once I did, and I no longer had attachment to all these material objects that'll never bring me happiness, I, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life.
0: Well, and that's the thing for those of you guys who are, well, everybody, I guess, since there's only Amber and I in this room right now. But for <laughs> those of you, yeah, well, you never know, but that have a physical body that we can see at least. <laughs> the, the thing for those of you guys who are not currently sitting with us in this moment and are just hearing us that to me is a key difference right there the thing that to me is trip in this regard and this is compliment time because when you meet amber there's this sense before there's anything said before there are words exchange before i know you know do i like her intellectually or not does what she's saying click with my worldview or not do you it's not even about that there's you look at Amber today if you sit across from her she's a happy human being in a way that would be hard to say the same for the overwhelming majority of people I know including the majority of awesome human beings I know including great human beings this is not a matter of somebody's a better person than another in that regard Is being happy with oneself with one's life with one's choices or being kind of satisfied with it somewhat mm, occasionally you know that's the thing that like whatever you're doing is the right thing because to me it's not even about like the content comes next right the content about what exactly you're about what you're passionate about all of that the what part is almost secondary is the how part that's interesting to me because it's like i remember like what mwenga what two three times something like that each time after hanging out with amber i'm in a better mood than i was before and he's oh, like oh
3: that's good to know <laughs>
0: how the hell did that work and i think it's just it's your energy it's you are comfortable in your own skin you are happy doing what you do you feel that your life is yours in a way that and that's you can feel it. It feels the room. You know, you translate in everything you do, it translate in everything else. So to me right there, that's the proof of whatever choices you're making are the right choices. Because otherwise you wouldn't be, you wouldn't pass on this feeling around you. You wouldn't be. So to me, that's number one spot, right? That's, it means that right there is your verification is when you know, yes, the choices are the good choices that I'm making. And, uh, and again, that's priceless. You can't trade that for anything else. The, um as far as um jumping around from thing to thing so how would you how would you advise other people besides meditate is good for you mm-hmm. you know oh, sorry let's go on that tangent then we'll get back to um life choices and everything else what exactly do you do for meditation? Do you have a specific technique? Do you dedicate X amount of minutes? Do you, or is it just a matter of sort of sitting there, kind of clearing your mind, letting thoughts go? How do you do it?
3: So I listen to. There's this great album called Sacred Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's Native American tribal drumming and singing, and. It's just so beautiful. And for some reason, that album just shuts my mind off. Nice. I, I travel back to this time where Native Americans ran the country and I imagine myself surrounded by them. And it's like a council of elders giving me advice. And so um, <laughs> now I'm getting really like deep into my subconscious. But uh, so sometimes I'll, I'll play that. I uh-huh. know some people don't like to meditate to music, but that works for me. I always try to be outside mm-hmm. in nature, grounded, touching the earth. I believe that there is an energy that goes through the earth into your body right. that fills you up energetically mm-hmm. and also helps guide you, uh, You know, whether it be on a spiritual level or just on a day-to-day basis. On um, that
0: note, deep thank you to whoever told me on Twitter when I was whining about my jet lag. Deep thank you to the person who told me to uh, go take a walk in the grass barefoot Because I don't know, man, I don't know if it was a coincidence or what, but I did it after my one night of bad jet lag. Slept like a baby after that. I usually have a bad week. So from now on. I'm going to keep trying it.
3: It's true. And we and part of the problem why we're facing so much madness is now we wear our rubber soled shoes. Mm-hmm. We travel on cement sidewalks, get into cars, drive to work, go inside these boxes. And some of us go for months without actually touching the earth. Right. And that's actually a download I got mm-hmm. from Mother Earth while on Watchuma, the San Pedro cactus mm-hmm. recently in the Amazon was Amber, remind people to get grounded, remind people to connect to me. Right. So many people aren't connected. And yep. when you do go out, I know it looks hippie, mm-hmm. but I do it around Santa Monica. I'll walk around barefoot. <laughs> well, in Santa Monica, it would be weird if you don't, right? <laughs> yeah, so here it's accepted. I don't yeah. know if it's accepted in like St. Louis, Missouri right. or, or Iowa. But Or it, in it the is... middle
0: of winter in Montana, maybe yeah. not. Right? <laughs>
3: people are like, are you trying to get your pinky toes cut right. off to frostbite? But, but it does help. And so I'll go out and I, got a pl- I rented a place here that has... It's kind of like a dungeon we're sitting in now, but it still has a beautiful backyard. So I'll go out and I'll sit down on the ground, touching the earth. I'll place my hands on the earth, sit cross-legged, listening to this Sacred Spirit album mm-hmm. for at least 20 minutes. And then if I'm not listening to the music, um, I haven't been trained necessarily in various forms of meditation by a teacher. I just mm-hmm. am self-taught. But I'll think of a word that has no association to anything in my life. It's some crazy word like, um, I don't know, flana, or just think of of any word that means nothing to you. And so if your mind's racing, you continue to think about this word over and over and over in your mind and it gets your mind to shut off. And anytime Mm -hmm. I notice that my mind has moved back to thoughts, I go back to that crazy word that has no association and just think of that word over and over in my head for 20 minutes and that clears my mind. Also, almost instantly, when I get out of the meditation, I start getting these downloads and insights throughout the day from my, without sounding too hippie again, my quote unquote spirit guide. So, okay,
0: it's a lost cause. <laughs> just sound it's
3: these plant medicines. Like They've taught right. me so much more about the universe, but you know what they've also taught me is that we've been trained to think the universe is black and white, and that's depressing. And really, it's not. Really, it's very Harry Potter esque, beautiful, filled with magic and incredible spirits and insights and when you can tap into that that's when you start to find true happiness right
0: no that's i love it (laughs) it's true it's
3: like down in the jungle i just was there for three weeks and it's very harry potter down there i mean you're talking magic and spirits and all of this stuff we're trained is fake and it's interesting i I was talking to the shaman i said yeah it's so sad i have to head back to the real world and he's like no this is the real world That's not the real world. That's a facade. And that's what we're all living in. And that's why so many of us are so depressed is because we're living in this black and white box facade, Mm -hmm. disconnected from nature and the real world. So once you discover the real world, it makes you excited to be alive because it's so fascinating.
0: I was that transformation in worldview because this is not exactly the way you grew up, right? This type of worldview (laughs) was... I grew up
3: Catholic in middle America. Right. and, And... Nothing ever felt right to me. I always felt like an alien where I was. um, I I just felt like so, something wasn't right about the culture, the food, the religion. Right. I, I protested that women couldn't be priests at age 12 and, and quit, essentially. So sure, that <laughs> said, went
0: well, right? <laughs> yeah.
3: I said, I want nothing to do with this. Women, why aren't women up there? Why can't, why right. are we less mm-hmm. in the eyes of God? And and it just didn't make sense to me. And that's when I, I threw out religion. I, I threw out all sense of authority at a young age because my mm-hmm. parents had gotten divorced Uh, when I was just four at a very tumultuous divorce. And I'd seen how childish they both were acting. And I had to become an adult at a very young age. And so instantly, I knew not to trust authority. So it's all these dominoes that fell in my life that led to where I am now and really made me realize that uh, things aren't as they appear to be. And you shouldn't always trust what uh, modern society tells you to believe.
0: So you went from... Catholic in middle America, reject, you know, fight it, reject authority, feeling like you're this mushroom spore from outer <laughs> space that just yes. landed it. What am I doing here? <laughs> what the hell happened? You know, it's like, and then, uh, so I assume that once you have the whole rejection of religion, you went more through a materialist, I don't mean materialistic mm-hmm. as in attachment to material, but as in materialistic worldview in terms of, you know, what I can touch and feel and uh, somewhat a more is it safe to say some autumn or 8th direction? Or... For sure. Right.
3: And that's when I was the most depressed, when I gave up on all spirituality. I just thought because religion wasn't right and and I knew there were so many lies and wars involved mm-hmm. and deception and, and trying to control the people, I, I mistakenly associated religion with spirituality and tied the two together and dumped right. the two off at the corner and never wanted to go back to either of them. And that's when I was the most, at the worst point in my life, when mm-hmm. I'd completely lost my attachment to Mother Nature and to spirituality. Right. I'd lost both at this point. And, and that's when I hit absolute rock bottom. And now I've had my spirituality replenished through these plant medicines. And that's, that's, where, that's this happiness vibe that you're picking up on. But I didn't always have this.
0: Right. No, I bet. The... Um... So what happened for, again, the few may have not heard your stories that at one point when you were through your end of CNN, what the hell do I do with my life? Depression, weirdness. Uh, I want to get out. The um, You had that sort of crazy calling off. I'm just going to pack out, head to Peru and uh, try <laughs> ayahuasca, right?
3: Yeah, it's weird. It's uh, now that I know more about this plant medicine, it All plants have spirits, whether Mm -hmm. we want to think of it or not. They're living conscious beings, and they do have spirits. And those spirits can communicate with different people. And so the spirit of ayahuasca had come to me and was communicating with me, telling me ayahuasca could help me, which sounds crazy. I thought it was crazy. I said, why why can't I get the thought of ayahuasca out of my head? This was when I absolutely had hit rock bottom. I wasn't sleeping. I couldn't write. I could barely eat. I was constantly anxious, feeling like I was going to throw up. I was having symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. I, I just was in a, a point where I couldn't even really leave my house. And, um, and I knew I needed desperate help. And right about that time...
0: Sorry, before we get on, on the PTSD, one thing that you got shot by police didn't show.
3: Yeah, yeah. I got I got shot at by police in Anaheim, California covering a protest and
0: that would give you PTSD right there.
3: Yeah, yeah. And that was that was in addition to many other close calls while photographing this book, also working in Bahrain. But that that one really was the icing on the cake because I just was casually in the middle of the street photographing a dumpster that had been set on fire. Right. And I was really I had my camera lens, uh my camera blocking, you know, as a barrier between me and this wall of police. There was about a couple dozen police with their guns pointed at me. I didn't know because I yeah. had my camera on my eye. And I'm just casually, oh, let me see if I could get this angle of the flame and and this over here and let me photograph this. And then all of a sudden, as I'm in this deep meditation of photography, bam, like pow, 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 all these shots started coming at me. And I, I s- sat up and I couldn't even figure out what the hell was going on for a minute. I was in such shock. And then I realized I was being shot at. On the streets of the United States, in Anaheim, California. Why? Uh, because I they wanted to scare me and intimidate me because I was. So what the police had done in the protest is they had set up a wall barrier and all the local news reporters in their high heels were standing behind the police. Right. And saying, you know, these police are, you know, they're doing the right thing, shooting all these projectiles. It wasn't bullets they were right. shooting. It was rubber bullets. Rubber but those bullets. can be deadly. Yeah,
0: they are not fun. you know. I've seen them kill people. Yeah. If
3: it hits you in the head or it hits you in the chest and your rib cage busts through your heart, you're dead. Right. So, um... So the reporters were on the side of the police and I and I the first thing as a journalist, I said, I need to be with the people for sure. a check on authority. And I because I was in with the people, I was photographing wounds of people who'd just been walking down the street who were shot and bleeding all over the place by these rubber bullets and innocent people who were hit. And and the police didn't want that. And so After they fired on me, I went and I hid between two trucks and I was terrified my ankles were going to get hit. And it was about, it was a couple minutes that I was there just like in complete shock. Right. And then I ran out from behind the truck because I thought there's no point in me being back here. For some reason, I thought that if I told them I was pressed, it'd be okay or let them know why are they shooting at me or that there's a a woman back here who's unarmed with just a camera. But I guess that is a weapon. And and so they, I ran out with my hands in the air and I scream press. And one of the officers, as he still pointed his gun at me, the the line of police was walking towards me and I was screaming, press, press, don't shoot. He pointed his gun at my head and said, don't you know how to cover a riot? You need to stand back there. And he pointed behind the police line where all the other journalists were corralled and not taking photographs of those who'd been injured. And at that point, it all made sense to me that I had been shot at deliberately so that they could... So that they would intimidate me.
1: Right. Which
3: made me like more pissed off and then more apt to send all these photos and publish this book and gave me more drive. So I don't know what they were trying to accomplish besides give me PTSD, but that led to the plant medicine. So whatever. I'm thankful. Thanks, police. Thanks, Hanai police.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, but most people...
0: What was that protest about, by the way?
3: It was because police had shot and killed an unarmed man in broad daylight, Manuel Diaz. He was 24 years old and the police pulled up on him And in this area of the country, you have to understand, people don't look at police as protectors. They are terrified of them. Right. The police, the majority of the police are white. The majority of the residents are Hispanic.
0: Santana or what?
3: And... Excuse me? Was
0: it Santana or where is it? Where, it was in Anaheim. Anaheim. Oh, it's actually Anaheim. In okay. Anaheim, right.
3: yeah. And and they pulled up. In the, and so when he saw the police come, he ran away. But he was unarmed. Right. And as he's running away, they shot him in the back and and shot him. I think he had a bullet in his head. And he just Jesus. died in someone's front lawn in broad daylight. If the people don't voice their anger at that point, this will happen again. Right. And they knew that. And so they got out into the streets and they said, we are angry. You can't do this. Well, the way the police responded that afternoon, even though the people were unarmed, there were women and children in the protest, is they attacked the protesters. A police dog, you can find this video online, jumped out of the car and ran after a baby in a stroller and started biting protesters. And then they started firing, um, I don't know, uh, some type of projectile. Rubber bullets. Rubber bullets at, at the kids at this protest. So then the people got more angry. Of course. And... A lot of people are under the facade, and I was as well until I witnessed all of this through all this protest, that police are just there to protect us. Right. Yeah, they are there to protect us, and there are many good officers, but they're also there to keep people in line and to shut people mm-hmm. up. And I witnessed that first firsthand in my book, which gave me a lot of PTSD, because not only was oh, I witnessing these poor people being harmed, I was my whole worldview was being turned upside down, and I was realizing the reality of, of... Of the U.S. government. Oh, Jesus, that's intense. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> things
0: are not going incredibly well in that department. There's a CNN experience, getting shot at by police. Yeah. I live under a freaking system of government that's not what I thought it was. Yeah. All of that random misery and um ayahuasca knock on the door and say please come visit me yes
3: ayahuasca uh, said okay now you've, you've seen the reality of everything that's happening now your true mission in life is about to start and you need to come down so i can get you better reshape you heal you so you can become a warrior for mother nature and um and so I just felt this calling, this magnet. A lot of people that do ayahuasca report the same feeling, like somehow mm-hmm. something was calling them down to the Amazon. Right. Even though everyone else is telling them they're insane. Of course. For <laughs> going down by myself to try one of the most powerful psychedelics on earth when I was really extremely anti-drug. Right. And I associated, even though these are medicines at that point, I associated them as being drugs because the government sure. told us they were. And, um, and so, but this... I listened to my gut. Once again, what I was talking about before, it was like, go, go to the right. Amazon. You have to go. And I'm so glad I did because it, it turned my life right side up.
0: Wow. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and I remember the a pretty funny story that when you were about to take your first cup, and again, I may be mixing stories and I'm turning it into more legend than it is, how... Uh, was it Joe that uh, Rogan will introduce you to the whole concept of ayahuasca initially? Yes, I'm right. so
3: grateful to Joe because I was on his show and he talked about he gives he gives this incredible uh, speech about psychedelics and how he feels they could save the world. And at first, I started laughing at him. By the end of his discussion, I felt like the biggest idiot in the world as a journalist that I didn't know about the magnificence of these plant medicines. And so I went home and researched them. I researched psilocybin mushrooms and found, Hundreds of articles of people who'd and anecdotes of people who've been cured of depression and anxiety by psilocybin, and then I wrote Joe, and Joe said, "Oh, well, if you think that's great, you should try ayahuasca."
0: And that's when you're about to take it, and they tell you, "Oh, Joe, of course, but you know that Joe never tried ayahuasca, right?" Yeah. You're like.
3: <laughs> I'm down there before my first night and people are like, oh, I, re- I recognize your voice from the Joe right. Rogan experience. So I was like, yeah, Joe told me to come down here and try ayahuasca. And this is when I was terrified. Like my hand was shaking right. at dinner because I'm we're about to go and, and do it that night. And people are like, Joe's never tried ayahuasca. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean he told you to come down here he's never even tried it and i was like what the fuck am i doing
0: i can sense like some strange vibes being sent to mr rogan in the bomb and just like you motherfucker i can't believe you sent me here
3: (laughs) exactly i'm like wait what am i a guinea pig like i'm gonna report back to joe and tell him if i survived or not Ha! you
0: didn't die i may try it myself then
3: (laughs) and so like I, i one part of me had such love for him for like you know convincing me to go down there another right. part was like what the hell's going on of here course. he's never even tried this so at that point i just knew i was on my own journey and I was, I was the only woman there at this facility and i i was the first one to go up to drink and i was just like you know what i'm not here for a haircut i downed a full cup which is a full dose and went into one of the most incredible journeys into other dimensions and opening just my whole world view on reality um and and just woke up the next morning realizing wow okay now i understand why i was forced to suffer as i was mm-hmm. as a journalist because now i can completely understand the value of these plant medicines in not only transforming human consciousness but saving the world
0: right that's beautiful i love it <laughs> but yeah talk about again that there's something about your personality i guess that uh about being gutsy, and uh, he's like, "I'm here. I've just been told that the one guy who sent me here has never done it. <laughs> what the hell am I doing? Am I the only woman? I already thought I was a little crazy before. Sure, give me the full cup, please." <laughs> it's like
3: yeah. when I when I fear something, that's when I face it head on the most because I know. Yeah, it...
0: I, I can say I have a vague uh, inclination to that now. It's like yeah. Jesus, that seems to be your thing, right? It just. You just die for it.
3: I I think fear is resistance to success by far. And I know there are natural things to fear. Fear, putting your hand on a a hot stove, fear jumping off a bridge. Yeah, we all know that those are logical fears. But when something else comes up in my life that I know is not necessarily life or death and I extremely fear it, then I know that's something on my path, a challenge, an obstacle I I need to face. Mm -hmm. And fear, I embrace it because we have to be able to experience fear to experience fearlessness. And and fear is resistance, one hundred percent to success. So when I have fear, which I did for going down and trying ayahuasca, I knew that that was something that I needed to confront head on, and that that was just a way of me just going over, you know, another obstacle on the road down my correct path in life.
1: That's
0: exactly. By the way, um, is the next book I'm working on is all about fear. Oh, so wonderful! We are yeah, <laughs> on the same page there. Good it's, for you, because yeah. I,
3: I think fear is the opposite of love, and mm-hmm. fear is the one thing that's ruining this world. Our, our fear of. People keeps us right. from developing a sense of community. Fear of taking risks keeps us in boring jobs and we're not following our passion. And how many innovators and amazing people are we losing mm-hmm. because they're too damn scared to quit their job and, and follow what they're supposed to be doing in life?
0: Absolutely. And I mean, the thing is, fear seems natural because they're, objectively, we live in a universe where it feels like there's a lot of stuff to be afraid of. If, you know, nobody likes to get old, to get sick, to die, and yet... That's what awaits everybody. And unless one has an absolute certainty of what happens after and so on and so forth, of course, you're going to be afraid. There are a million things to be afraid of. At the same time, the reality of it is that your fear doesn't really doesn't really protect you because it's not like it's really keeping you safe. It's only is only holding you back from who you can be and how deeply you can experience life. Does he protect you? No. At the end of the day, in the best possible scenario, you're still going to get old. You're still going to get sick. You're still going to die. So what are you buying? A few more years in which you crouch in a corner all afraid to <laughs> really? really live. But hey, I can squeeze in uh, X more months. Screw it. You know, there's an element where... And again, I'm not saying it in a judgmental way because I'm as much of a wimp as anybody can ever be. You know, I'm a control freak. I like to avoid. My whole thing in life has been I like to avoid the risks. I want to play it safe. I'm, I'm going to use whatever intelligence I have to strategize in such a way to get what I want without risking anything. You know, and a, it doesn't work. You know, it doesn't matter how well you play the game. Eventually, the universe is still going to slap you around and it doesn't work. And B, you are constantly living with this weight on your back of something that's holding you. That's like, and it sucks. And that ability to be able to just say, you know what? Fuck it. Which is the foundation of all good decisions, right? Of course. That <laughs> moment where you just say, let's go for it. You know, will it really crush me? The universe eventually will crash the physical body anyway, so at least let me leave how I wanna live. There's uh, it's it's really hard to do. It's really hard. I can that's why it's called bravery in that regard, because it goes against everything in your nature that wants self preservation and hold on and stay safe and all of that. And at the same time is the one thing that can allow you to truly live and then smile the way Amber does half of the <laughs> time. You know, it's just have that moment of I'm alive. I'm enjoying it. This is my life. Tough? Yeah. Mm -hmm. necessary everybody's got to deal with you know there's no one person on earth who's immune from fear who just doesn't know what everybody's held back to one degree or another whether it's fear of how other people judge you whether it's fear of uh, your own internal judgment where it's fear of failure whether there are seven million fears out there and they're all very real Let's get rid of them one by one. And it's not a one-time thing either because, of course, the more you build a life where you have something to lose, the more that builds fears. Because it's like, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to. And, yeah, we live in a universe where the material stuff and even the relationship where everything gets lost at one point or another. So it's a weird trip. I heard, like, people on death row. There are a bunch of cases of hardened, hardcore criminals who just, have dramatic turnarounds because these are people who have essentially to give up on anything they have to get rid of all attachment and get ready to die and there are a bunch of cases of some of these guys who have dramatic psychological transformation Ramdas talks about it of how it's so weird when he was visiting that row inmates to see many guys who I'm sure were not particularly pleasant people a like year before have such a transformation when they get rid of that fear and the attachment But then what he says is, if somebody freed them tomorrow, that fear and attachment would probably grow right back because (laughs) it's like, it's a constant process. It's not a one-time thing.
3: But I I think we're all on death row. We all are. We're all going to die one day. And I'd rather, I I love this quote, I'd rather, I'm not saying it exactly correctly. It's by Alan Watts. And he says, I'd rather live um, a short life doing what I love Mm -hmm. than a long life spent in a miserable way.
1: Mm-hmm. What
3: is the point of living? We're here to live to follow our passions and enjoy life and approach our fears and have this incredible adventurous life. And why what's the point of living if you're gonna spend it in a box terrified and, and scared? And that, that's something that's always really helped me move forward is that quote. You know, I always think, Am I holding back from doing something I want to do because I'm too scared? And if I am, how can I confront that? And then I always realize, you know, I'm gonna die when I'm gonna die. Right. I, and I've been in some pretty hairy ass, excuse my language, situations where where in close calls, and I and I survive them. And I realize, you know what? When the universe wants me, it's gonna take me. Yep. So the the worst thing I can do is sit in, and hover over and be scared, and especially the fear of death that keeps so much of us mm-hmm. from living. Yep. And something these plant medicines have taught me over and over, especially the ayahuasca is that death, our vision of death doesn't really exist. It's more like switching levels in a video game. And no matter what, your true self, your soul, which is not your named body here on earth, your organic spacesuit, but your soul continues on no matter what. And I've had many profound near-death experiences, including one I had just my recent trip to the Amazon, where I realized that everything we've been told to believe about death and all the fear put into us about death by society and the media is really just to control us and keep us terrified so that those who are corrupt can get away with whatever they're doing.
0: What do you believe? uh, And again, obviously, this is hard to talk about things that are not uh, physical the way this table is physical. Mm -hmm. But what do you believe about the reality of death? What do you think? If somebody asks you today, you know, what do you picture that the second you stop breathing and your physical body dies, what do you think is out there for you?
3: Well, I I had a, I consumed a plant substance, actually snorted it out of a three thousand year old bone. It's called vilka, <laughs> and I went on this trip with the amazing Aubrey Marcus. I was so grateful um, to be able to engage in this experience with an incredible healer at uh, the Spirit Quest Sanctuary, Don Howard Lawler. And we consume this substance called Vilka, And it's a DMT snuff, and it simulates death. Mm -hmm. And the Chauvin people used to use it to eliminate the fear of death. It was almost a coming-of-age thing. And and instead of getting a new car whatever we do, these (laughs) trivial shit we do in our society, they'd actually make them experience death, so they'd lose that fear and be able to live their lives, which I think is priceless. Absolutely. And so after I snorted this snuff, I went back. Uh, you have about eight minutes before it kicks in. And I went back into my coffin or room. Uh, Don Howard likes to call them coffins. And he right. says he's not happy until he's killed us all that night. And it only lasts about half an hour. But I did feel like I was dying, like I couldn't breathe. And and that feeling like, oh, my gosh, you are, you're dying. And so I felt that. And then I felt problems, difficulty breathing, which wasn't true. My body wasn't really having difficulty breathing. It was just the effects of, of this DMT snuff. And then I just felt very peaceful all of a sudden. I just felt my soul leave my body. And I felt so happy and comfortable in my soul that it wasn't, you know, society describes death as this horrific process. For me, it was more just coming home. And I felt I felt like, wow, this is the real me. Amber, that organic spacesuit on earth that allowed me to survive this lifetime is not the real me. This soul, this burst of energy this vibration that I am now is the real me right and then I traveled to this bright light as everyone says when they die and it it was this place I don't know if it was another dimension another planet but when I got there I felt so at home and so at peace and so loved and so calm that I couldn't even think about my old life on earth it became so trivial there wasn't, you know, most people are like, oh, yeah, when I die, I'm going to miss all my relatives and I'm going to be in this hell. It was so beautiful, incredibly beautiful where I was that I couldn't even think about Amber. She didn't even matter. She right. wasn't even, uh, you know, she was this minuscule itty bitty thing in my life that didn't matter anymore. Now I was finally the real me and I was going home. And it was so beautiful and peaceful that I when I woke up uh, about half hour later out of the DMT experience, I completely lost my fear of death because even now, at this point, I'm still filled. When I think of death, I'm still filled with that sense of peace that I experienced during the Vilka process, and and that's why these plant medicines have been so priceless for me. Is because I used to have a horrific fear of death because I saw so many of my friends getting killed and I'd come close to it so many times. And now that I've been able to have several death experiences on these medicines, that I do believe really simulate death because. By some scientists' thoughts, DMT is released in your brain right upon death and upon birth, and that allows the soul to enter and leave the body if you believe in biocentrism. Mm-hmm. And so it it would just so profoundly affected my life that I don't even fear death, and that makes me live. That keeps me alive right. because I don't have that fear. And, and that's why I do recommend for some people uh, to engage in these plant medicines because I don't know how else I would have had that experience. Of Maybe course. sitting and meditating in the dark for... 20 days, (laughs) four years, or I could just sit down at Don Howard's incredible center, uh, down in Iquitos, Peru. And in half an hour have this experience that permanently changes my life. And these experiences are so profound that they stay with you. Mm -hmm. And even if you think it's not in the driver's seat, now it is. And I just noticed that in my own life, I have lost all anxiety. You know, I used to be scared about a lot of things as a journalist and just in life. And now I'm like, eh, (laughs) (laughs) so it helps it helps deal with that fear that overwhelming fear of course and then to know too that people i know who have passed on you know i had Mm -hmm. some uh journalist friends and others who who were killed um now i know just knowing the sense of peace and beauty that i felt in my death simulation that they were able to experience that that puts me at peace too Mm -hmm. because i know I know that they're not sitting in some place constantly horrified that they can't be with me, that they're actually experiencing home and they're finally home and they're experiencing this beauty and pure, absolute love that it it puts me at ease for them too.
0: You know, it's I love listening to you describe it because clearly I haven't had the same experience. So for me, this is secondhand, right? Mm -hmm. To me, I still have a lot of fear of death. I still have a lot more um definitely in a different place compared to you in terms of my own psychological and and experience ultimately, just not just my it's not about psychology, it's also about just what I've experienced and what I've not so I hear it from you and it sounds awesome, there's clearly a part of me that's like I don't know what the hell happens when you die, there are parts of me that very much are tickled by what you say, where I feel like there's an intuition in me that says hmm, there's something there to this big time there's, of course, the more materialistic part that says, yeah, whatever, you know, when the brain dies, there's nothing, all of that. But one thing that I can tell you in terms of experience, and that was, you know, I'll leave it without comment because I really don't know. Rationally, I cannot explain it. I don't even try and I don't care to explain it. But one thing that happened when, um, like when my wife died, you know, of course, when you first die, clearly your face relaxed because you are not in pain anymore. You are not tense and all of that. And then like hours went by and, you know, nothing changes. It's still the way it is. And it was like a full six hours later, I walk back into the room and she had the biggest smile on her face. Like not a little, like, what am I seeing there? No, big, huge, blissful, happy smile. Six hours after stopping breathing. And you're like, (laughs) you know, it's just like, what is this exactly? You know, and and I mentioned this before once on the podcast, but it's like he it got even trippier because I tried to I wanted to remember it right, so I was like, "This is I don't know what the hell it is, but this is something powerful, and I want to see this image." You know, so I brought I brought the camera to my eye to take a picture, and I'm looking through the lens. I don't see any smile, and I lower the camera, and it's right there. It's a big, huge, freaking smile. I bring the camera up, there's no smile, and he was. I don't know why or how or anything, but it was like, it wasn't just me seeing it, by the way. Everybody else who walked into the room would see it and say, look at the giant smile. And I'd be like, yeah, I know. But it doesn't come through the camera. That's, talk about a reminder and a wake up call that the universe is way weirder than we think and (laughs) understand.
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: You know, I decide to honor it by not running with it and not trying to explain stuff that's beyond my experience. Because I don't know. But I see that, and it makes me me smile, you know, makes me go, hmm, okay, there's something there. Mm -hmm. There's something where... um, And I think there's a real language problem in the way, because I think people who haven't had any kind of experience that let them feel that maybe there is something greater and more interesting to the universe than what a purely scientific materialism would suggest... um, if you don't have that experience, if you neither first or second hand, then it sounds like whatever, what are we talking about? Like, I'm sure you got a lot of uh, the, oh, Amber, you used to be such a good journalist. What kind of crazy (laughs) shit did you get into now? What's all this crazy hippie stuff? For sure. And uh, I don't know, how do you relate in this regard to... um, Science And I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a big word because clearly science, what the hell does it mean? There are many different scientists, each one has a different approach. But the fact that there clearly is within uh, our current understanding of science a very strict, uh, it has to be able to be replicated in a lab kind of approach that tend to dismiss anything that cannot be replicated in a lab as some woo woo hippie crap, you're just crazy and you just did too many hallucinogenics kind of thing. How do you deal with that, relate to that? Um, what's your take on all yeah, this?
3: I, I feel like modern science has tried to make the world very black and white, and uh-huh. it's taken away a lot of the mysticism and a lot of the spirituality mm-hmm. that we need to embrace. And that's part of the reason so many people are depressed, right? is because they we've science has sucked the magic out of <laughs> out of the universe right and and believe me, i I am like a hardcore investigative journalist, and I now do 100% believe in magic uh, because I've seen it, I've witnessed right. it, especially with these plant medicines. And so I, I think the problem is when you're trying to put something amazing as the universe into a box created mm-hmm. by mankind, then you're you're ruining it. Right. And that's what modern science has done. And I think a lot of the most incredible doctors now and thinkers are stepping away from science and looking more at, at the mystical Because they're realizing that that some science, not all, but some is failing us and making us and putting us in this box that where we lose creativity. And there's a lot of things that just can't be explained that you just have to realize the universe is a magical, beautiful place and just let that be. And not try to put mankind's words around it. I mean, just look at a flower. Mm -hmm. Go out and look at we've got sunflowers here in the kitchen. Like look at the incredible intricacies of a flower. Of a damn flower that grows out of a seed. How could we as man ever even imagine or fathom creating something that Mm -hmm. incredible and beautiful? And start noticing on your daily life. Just look at nature, how incredible it is. Down to the smallest detail. It, there is a lot of magic and beauty and love put into the universe, and that can't be described by science. So just because something isn't scientifically proven doesn't mean you should, you necessarily have to discount it. And I've noticed that with these plant medicines, because I get a lot of, not a lot, but I do get naysayers saying, well, where's the science proving that sure. that healed someone? And I, I say, I don't need science. I witnessed it. Right. I saw that person come in to Don Howard Center, which did happen in the Amazon after having horrific childhood abuse and being horribly depressed. And I saw that person walk in, a broken soul, and literally eight days later leave laughing and smiling and taking photographs. And you could feel the energy, this happy energy pouring off this human being. Right. Science may never be able to explain what happened, but I witnessed that. Right. And, and that is mystical. It's spiritual. It's beautiful.
0: And that's why, to me, uh, what we are saying here is not per se anti-science at all. It's anti a particular, a particularly dogmatic approach to science yeah, exactly. that passes as science these days, and is clearly not really what science is supposed to be about. In terms that, of course, you know we want to look at evidence, but right there, that's evidence. Somebody who gets <laughs> transforming th- that way in a short period of time. There's something there that's happening. The fact that you can't put the dots together does not mean that it's not real. The result is real. It just means that maybe our scientific tools are not all the questions we're asking or something about the process is not well equipped to document every step of the way. But the fact that some th- if something happens, so in that sense, nothing is supernatural. Everything is they're just stuff that we don't understand. It doesn't mean that it's not, everything is part of nature. That's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like, in fact, like anybody that you, Aubrey, none of you guys are anti, you know, we hate science. We want to go back. It's about helping science graduate to a level where it's not this dichotomy against, uh, Uh, Some of the more finer things in life, such as spirituality, some of the things that you can't fully just grasp with rough hands, and that nonetheless are an essential part of our psychological well-being, our psychological aware made, and everything else, and being able to... In a way, create a science where science and mysticism can go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And by mysticism, we're not talking about, you know, weird, superstitious, crazy religious stuff that may have made sense to somebody 3,000 years ago and then stop ever since then. We're talking about a certain approach to life. And really, at the end of the day, it boils down to being open minded to what's out there and to the fact that we'll never fully know what's out there in that regard. So, about the whole plant medicine. All the people who still view all of the stuff you are into, from uh, the ayahuasca, mushrooms, to stuff that I don't even know what the hell it is, but you snort out of three thousand year old bones, okay. yeah, <laughs> all of that. How do you, how do you even begin a conversation with the people who have the mindset that you may have had a decade ago about these are drugs, drugs are bad. Uh, they fuck up your brain. They all of that kind of stuff. How do you, um, how are you able to kind of create a bridge there in the conversation with somebody who starts from that viewpoint?
3: Well, this is why the plant showed me. I was forced to live in Middle America mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because I know how to translate. I can, but better translate this message to a Middle American audience. And what I use to bridge that gap is science right? because now the science is coming to fruition. exactly. And we're seeing studies showing that ayahuasca actually over time increases the level of serotonin receptors. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they theorize it increases the level of serotonin in your brain over time, which serotonin is the neurotransmitter responsible for happiness. Right. Whereas antidepressants actually deplete your levels over time, so you never get back to your baseline. Right. Or you can through the use of, of different medicines, plant medicines especially, that help repair your brain and your sure. brain chemistry. Uh, We also have science that shows that uh, MDMA is, and this is not a plant medicine per se, but it's an incredible compound, and it uh, is 83% effective at curing treatment-resistant PTSD compared to a 25% um, success rate with just psychotherapy alone. That's a pretty high success rate, 83%, considering that 22 soldiers a day are committing suicide in the U.S. That's something we need to look at. We have yeah. an urgent situation epidemic here. Uh, LSD was being used in Saskatchewan to cure alcoholism with a 45% success rate, which is extremely high, considering that Alcoholics Anonymous, there was a study showing they don't even have a study to even prove the um, how effective right. that that treatment level is. Ibogaine, uh, the science is showing, is effective at curing opiate and pain, prescription painkiller addictions without withdrawal symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, the studies are proving that people are not having withdrawal symptoms while on Ibogaine. And the incredible insights given while on this couple-day-long trip are, are helping people realize why they ha- faced that addiction in the first place. And most people don't realize addictions are not caused by your just craving of a substance. It's caused because you're trying to bury childhood trauma or some type of trauma with a substance. So once you're able to deal and process, deal with and process that trauma, often you don't have a need for that addiction anymore because you're right. not burying anything. Um, we also have studies that show that uh, psilocybin, which to me is one of the most incredible chemicals, compounds known to the human brain, uh, is relieving anxiety in terminal cancer patients. Mm -hmm. Uh, A study just down the street here at UCLA proved that uh, almost, I think it was every single terminal cancer patient had their anxiety about death relieved by the psilocybin. Uh, Some people reported it as being the most incredible spiritual experience of their lives. Uh, So we have several studies, studies now showing that psilocybin is helping people quit smoking. So So the science is coming forward, and that's bridging that gap, because it's hard to convince middle America to believe just in mysticism and, oh, hey, look what I witnessed in the jungle through my own eyes. They don't buy that. Of course. There was this
0: shaman who told me this, (laughs) and then I saw this flying rattle who came, and yes, it's...
3: It's too much, but the science is coming in now, and and they're starting studies on ayahuasca. Mm Mm-hmm for PTSD down in the jungle now. There's a couple studies about to uh, begin. So that's really hopeful. And so I think the science is really what will start to bridge that gap, ironically enough, because the science also helped harm um, psychedelics for many years. Um, but now now it's bridging that gap because there were a lot of false studies done, especially on MDMA, trying to debunk it. One study, they, but they gave MDMA to rats, and all the rats died, and they're like, oh, MDMA is toxic. It cuts Swiss yeah. cheese-like holes in your brain. They actually realized that the MDMA, surprise, surprise, was switched out with amphetamine, <laughs> and the rats were giving a high dose of amphetamine, and that's why they died. Or on the Oprah right. show, Oprah had this scientist on showing... This brain scan of a of a woman saying that the MDMA ate Swiss cheese-like holes in her brain. What Oprah forgot to mention and fails to mention to this day is that was actually just a brain scan of normal cerebral blood flow. Right. Um, hello. Right. <laughs> so, so the science has gotten us in this position, but it's also helping dig the way out and create that bridge.
0: No, and in fact, because that's the thing about science, science is as good as the people practicing it. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have somebody who's an amazing scientist and who's going to produce great knowledge and use uh, evidence in a way to expand the scope of human life in many ways and help human life. And then you're going to have somebody else who's going to use science producing the exact opposite results, producing bad studies, producing uh, the kind of knowledge that will take 200 years to undo and realize, oh, damn, Turn turned out that that was bullshit what we went by for the last 200 years. I mean, that's the norm, right? I mean, it's like science a century ago would uh, put a hierarchy of different races, of some being clearly genetically smarter than others. Today, we look at the studies that we love. Back in the day, there was this whether there was or not, there was at least a feeling of scientific consensus of like, no, this is based on evidence. It's like, so that's part of the game is welcoming. The good science, welcoming the stuff that looks at the evidence and really help us figure out and translate for everybody else. Because clearly, one can sympathize that not everybody wants to take something on faith, of like, yeah, I'm going to try it because, because Joe Rogan told me so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, but
3: had I, there was not much science. No, so for I you, there wasn't. Was and with. that's why. So yeah, Lacky I just you went did, with blind right? faith, yeah. you know, but I, but more than anything, I trusted that voice, that right. intuition. We all need to get more in touch with yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. that, that led me in the right direction.
0: No, exactly. And uh, <laughs> the Joe story is just too funny. Joe
3: told me to do it. So yeah. I went and did it. Like, doesn't it, it sounds like the most idiotic thing you could say, but when you meet Joe and, and really realize how intelligent he is and how well read he is, and he, he totally schooled me in that mm-hmm. podcast because I was supposed to be this investigative journalist who had knew all about drug abuse and and Joe just knew all of these facts he mm-hmm. ran circles around me with the kind of knowledge he had and at that point I knew rather than be upset at myself for not knowing what he knew or rather than judging him for calling me out on these crazy beliefs I had I knew right away I needed to go research more and I needed to get to Joe's level of understanding not only for my own good, but if I was going to continue to talk about these topics, I needed to know what I was talking about.
0: And speaking of science, that right there is the healthiest approach to knowledge one can have. Is something give me a piece of information that conflicts with my previous understanding of the universe, but huh, there's something interesting there. Let me go find out. That's the mindset that one should have if really is to acquire knowledge, real knowledge about life, and not just trying to you know confirmation bias just trying to only focus mm-hmm. on the information that confirms what you already believe and disregard everything else in many ways it's like whatever it is that you believe you should dedicate a big chunk of time to looking at everybody who argue against those points exactly. to see if there's something to it to see if you are not really just locking yourself up in an ideological prison by sticking to your beliefs but try to look at the other side, because there often maybe maybe it's not a lot, but maybe there's a two percent where you're like, hey, that was actually a good point. It helps me tilt it just enough that now it makes more sense and it it works more for me.
3: And it might transform so your life. It? I mean, Absolutely. I was staunch anti-drug. My grandmother yeah. used to come over taping these Oprah episodes and feed this government propaganda down my throat, and I was so against marijuana and all quote-unquote drugs, and I grouped them all in the same category as crack cocaine and heroin. And because instead of saying, oh, Joe, you're wrong, you're crazy, mm-hmm. because I went back and researched his point of view, which was completely against mine, right? I realized that, oh, my God, I was wrong. And mm-hmm. wow, look at this beautiful world I have yet to uncover. <laughs> and and then now this has become my life. right? So think of how many options and possibilities you're missing out in the universe if you have that closed mind and you always look at anyone who's against you as someone, you know, if, if you let your ego get in the way and look at that as a way of... Fighting against you rather than someone actually trying to give you more knowledge and improve your life.
0: Yeah, you would never end up in the jungles snorting out of a 3,000 year old bone. You know, you would miss Can out. Can you
3: imagine the tragedy if yeah. I missed out on the Vilka experience? Yeah. You know, yeah. nothing yeah. like shoving a bone filled with DMT up your nostril <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, letting you think how many nostrils it has been up in the last 3,000 years. Exactly. But yes. Well, that
3: was much more exciting. I just thought of all of the amazing people and spirits who had ingested yeah. this. And just so people know, DMT is produced in plants within profusely in nature it's not neurotoxic right. so it's not like i was snorting cocaine or something i stay away from those are drugs yeah. like cocaine and crack and heroin those are drugs these are our plants
0: right no and in fact there's a big difference in uh, what it does for you and mm-hmm. uh, what the transformation in personality is it's funny when you think about joey's like how much you know i don't think he necessarily is planning a whole lot of this but How many people Joe has touched and uh, sort of the domino effect that has taken place from the kind of stuff he's into. Because when you think about so many of the people, some of the ones we were mentioning earlier, like most of us were doing podcast out of that area, you know, from Duncan to Aubrey, you, Chris Ryan, me, all of that. Everyone, in one way or another, has been on Joe's podcast, has been either directly or indirectly pushed by Joe to say, hey, start your own thing, do your podcast. So there's so much, in your case, going down the psychedelic route, in other cases, you know, everybody, Joe has been touching a lot of people in a lot of ways. It's really, really interesting, the kind of stuff he has been doing. It's, uh, I, I
3: think it's the substances speaking through him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he planted he planted this seed when he began using DMT and marijuana, mm-hmm. and, and now it's sprouting and spreading all over the world to this beautiful uh, new form of consciousness. Right. And, and I think that's definitely the plant speaking through him. Uh, as I said earlier, plants all have spirits, just like we have spirits. Every living thing has a spirit, and and they very much know that we are facing a critical time right now, mm-hmm. where it's mankind can either sink or swim, because the Earth has an immune system response, and if we continue to live this way, the Earth is going to have to throw us off. Of course. Uh, whether that be a flood or a natural disaster, what happens of uh, an illness? Um, but right now we're at a crucial time, and so the plants want to save us they're like the giving tree no matter what they want to help us it's so beautiful even though we've destroyed them they still want to help save us and so this is the last ditch efforts of all the plants coming in in human form (laughs) and trying to for the good of humanity transform consciousness so that mankind is allowed to stay right and and so that's what we're seeing through joe now through other people who have been touched by by these medicines or Mm -hmm. just by these ideas like yourself
0: no no absolutely and it's Exciting times to be living in, definitely. What's uh, what's next for you? So you're taking off. You're going to write a book.
3: Yeah. So I, in my craziness, but not so craziness, uh, I, I've most of my belongings I've either gotten rid of or put in storage uh, because I feel like sometimes because you do own things, it keeps you from being free. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's only in my situation. Like I don't have children, and I, you know, I'm I'm just in a situation where I know I need I have a little more traveling sure. to do. So I, I'm heading out to write my book, which is like the Eat, Pray, Love of Psychedelics. <laughs> and, uh, and so that'll be interesting yep. when that comes out. And then also I'm headed to the World Ayahuasca Conference in Ibiza. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also continuing to work on my rebs- website, reset.me which is a website to just, I created it specifically to just give more information on these plant medicines for people who need to hit the reset button in life. They can head to that website and and find out information on ayahuasca, psilocybin mushrooms, all of these different substances that will hopefully give people hope when they've tried everything Mm -hmm. else. I'm not discounting Western medicine. Antidepressants are vital for some, but I'm also saying that if you feel like you've run out of hope, uh, you know, there are other things out there that could potentially restore that hope and the worst thing in life, the thing I feared the most is hopelessness because that results in suicide. And, you know, as we've seen, unfortunately, with Robin Williams um, and others, is it, it just they feel like there's no other option. And there are other options. There are plant medicines. And um, believe me, for not everyone, but for many of us, these medicines will open up your eyes to how magical and wonderful and amazing the universe is. And that is like creating this fire in your belly that gets you excited to get up every day and creates this ton of energy and, and really just joy to be alive. So that's what, that's what I'm up to.
0: <laughs> Joy to be alive. Yeah. Well, we can't top that. So I yeah. guess that's a good note to end on. But Amber, much love. This is awesome. Thank you so much for... This unexpected podcast that we're having since yes. it was really... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about the
3: dog barking and all the crazy noise going on in my kitchen. But it it's such a pleasure to be on your show. And I love all the work you're doing. You're definitely a warrior in so many ways. Not only for expanding human consciousness, but for Mother Earth. And you are greatly appreciated by the universe.
0: I'm going to go now and hug my teddy bear and blush <laughs> and hide under the blankets. So yes, this is a good moment to close on before I need to go hug my teddy bear.
2: certainly sounds like a pleasant young lady.
0: I love her, I love her, I love her. She's wonderful. By the way, it's kind of funny because every time, you know, if a guy says uh, like crazy compliments about a woman, it's always assumed to be somewhat like, oh, you want to get in her pants or something. It's really not what it's about at all. She's just as cool as a human being as you are ever going to run into. So that's as good as it gets. That's high praise. Indeed. Um last few things for our outro please if you shop on amazon.com please use our amazon link it help mm, it help us stay afloat so that would be great and it doesn't cost you one cent more if um, you're interested in our affiliate sponsors coracow chocolate and audible whether you're in the mood for serious good sweets that are actually good for you or audiobooks and more than books there are articles there's a whole lot of other Audio material available on Audible. You can try that for free for a month before you decide whether you want to commit to it or not. So please again check the episode notes for all of that. A big thank you to Daisy House Music for, as usual, letting us use their awesome song in our um, during the podcast. They release a second album, so if you guys want to check it out again, there are notes about it in the episode notes. And uh, I think it's time to screw up some people's last names. Oh, excellent. Let the pottering begin! Donation time! Here we go! Alexander... Alexander Kuzner, who's a Recurrent Donor, we thank you very much for that. By the way, Recurrent Donors, there have been... I don't know, some of you guys who just decided, you started the recurring thing and you decided fuck this, not every month, and uh, you change your mind or if there's a glitch with PayPal, but I've seen a lot of these that are like the payment did not go through so I don't know check it out if you're still doing the recurrence, see if you have discontinued it that's obviously totally cool you know but if you didn't mean it then you may want to take a look to see if it's not happening in any case Alexander Kozner did happen so thank you for that J- oh I'm gonna screw up your first name I'm so sorry Jason Bruni no idea uh, Jonathan Misner Jerome or Jerome McClure Kane Gomez Jan Fleischer Frederico Faro, uh, loyal from Brazil. Ooh, I'm gonna mess up another first name. Andan, A-N-D-A-N, I'm guessing. Andan Eddy, Andrew Ray, David Rankin, and from straight from India, Arshad Sharma. Thank you guys so damn much. Uh, it helps a lot to keep us happy and keep producing more episodes. Much, much appreciated. And with that, any last words before we close this episode?
2: Uh, exciting uh, Kiva News. We're over halfway to our 25,000 goal for Christmas time. And, and as started. it gets closer, so, it's ridiculous. It just keeps going and going. I mean, There's over 400 loans that you guys have done now. So check it out. I was actually at the corporate offices having a chat with those guys. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to figure out a way, to, do a way uh, to get more bonuses out to people who try it as we move forward. But could be a while for that. Please feel free. 25 bucks can change somebody's lives and as we you know start with schools going it'll probably be Halloween in the morning um, keep a gift card it's a pretty incredible way to help somebody out beautiful love it
0: you guys have a wonderful day goodbye <laughs>
2: In questo cazzo in questo caso, caso la providenza di Dio.
0: Duncan showed you the way, huh? Eh? Oh man, isn't that scary the thing? <laughs> nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great, it's fucking awesome. That's Get back have- to work!